Welcome to the Synergy Life Podcast. Our purpose is to help multiply the positive experiences of your life in all areas. Dr. Janowitz, best-selling author of the Synergy Health Solution, is the creator of the Synergy Success Cycle, a framework that helps uncover what makes top achievers successful in areas of their life. We interview amazing people who are excelling in life and help our listeners gain valuable insights so they can apply them to achieve their best life possible. Chapter 18, Q4 Process, The Work on Your Health. The work on our health is a part of our journey in this life. Dr. Janowitz walks us through how to make the most of it. Dr. Janowitz, tell us what the difference is between the work on your life versus the work in your life. Yeah, you know, it's a great distinction. Uh, I got this distinction from the book, uh, The E-Myth from Michael Gerber, and he talks about working in your business and working on your business. And a lot of people tend to work in their business. You're doing your day-to-day, all the activities that make that company work. Mm-hmm. And then the work on your business is the planning and uh, all the, all the uh, strategic work that goes in behind that. Well, if we think about our, our, our health as like a business or a corporation or an organization, we have to have elements to where we're working not only in our health, working on the activities, uh, the, the things that we think about doing healthy activities mm-hmm. are the work kind of in your health, but the work on your health is all the planning and, and preparation that goes to help to create that, to make it a possibility, right. to carve out that time for it. So that's really working on your health. And most people fail because they don't work on their health. They don't really plan for success. So of course then it's impossible to really have good action steps and work in your health. Mm, okay. Yeah. You talk about the journey of learning, yes, which is all a part of working on your health. Absolutely. How does this help us to create that health yeah. plan to work on our health? Well, again, you know, so much of this is the psychology, Jenny. So it's the mindset. So whereas we talked about in the last uh, series, we talked about the sigmoid curve, which is where when you decide to do something, you're going to have an initial dip down. Mm-hmm. Well, another way of looking at this uh, is called the journey of learning. And so the first stage, whenever you're entering anything, like say, okay, I want to start cooking healthy, right? Um, is that you really become, when you enter it, you're unconsciously incompetent, which means that you're unaware mm-hmm. that you're really bad at it, mm-hmm. you know? And so uh, you, you get this kind of like, oh my God, I'm, I didn't know I was bad at this. And that's when you enter this. And you know, then you see just how maybe hard this is to do, whatever it is, cooking, running a marathon, deciding to lose, you know, 30, 40 pounds, you become, you know, you didn't even know maybe you had it. So this journey is that dip. In That's the, curve. the dip. Okay. Well, this is where even, we go through the It's like grades. entering it. But, <laughs> but then what happens is that first dip in it is then the second step. The second step is you become consciously incompetent. So now you become aware that you're not good at it. So the first thing is you're like mm. thinking about, hey, I'm going to do this. You know, when I'm, when I'm hiring doctors, you know, I tell them that, you know, it's not what you don't know. It's what you don't even know that you don't even know that you don't know, <laughs> right? You're, you're, you're unaware, <laughs> you're unaware that you're unaware. Right. You have no awareness of that. You don't know that. what you don't know. You right. don't know what you don't mm-hmm. know. That's, un- mm-hmm. that's called being unconsciously incompetent. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's a fancy word for saying that. But then when you start to go on that journey, you start to go, wow, I'm really, I really stink at this. Mm-hmm. That really stink at that, that's that dip down. And that's when you become consciously 
you become aware that you're not good at this and you're incompetent. Then that's where you decide to then go on the effort to take the next step, to do the work, to put the time in, the energy, the resources to get good at whatever it is that you're doing. In this case, looking at health activities. That's when then you become, through that process, you can become consciously competent, which okay. is where you are aware and you're good at it. And most people think that that's like the summit, like, hey, I'm thinking about it and I'm good at it, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's not. Really, the, 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 the high point of that is when you become a person who is unconsciously competent, mm. which is now you don't have to think about right. it. You know the same, yeah. People say it's like riding a bike. Well, what's like riding a bike means that at first when you rode a bike, it was really hard. First you thought, oh, bikes are easy, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, then that's, that's your unconsciously incompetent. Mm -hmm. Then you get on a bike and go, wow, <laughs> I'm struggling here. Then you get good at it, and now you're thinking about it, and you're, you have to put concentration to it as a kid. Mm -hmm. And now you can just get on a bike later on, and you can get on it. You, you are now unconsciously uh, competent of this right. thing. You can just do it. Well, that is one of the high points in this thing. An even higher level, we don't go into this in the book, an even higher level is when you can become a teacher. Now you have to be able to be a way to teach people what you're good at that you don't even have to think about. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, getting, getting a cook, you know, someone who can be like a master chef can just start to like make the food and they know how to do right. it without even following a recipe. No, I'm not there yet. <laughs> Either am I. Got a few things. Right? But, <laughs> but, but then a true master is someone who can teach you a skill set that they have learned, that they're so masterful at, mm -hmm. but now they can also break it down again. Right. So how do you like dissect that, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's where the stages of learning and they're, they're painful. And you know, a lot of times people will dip down and go, hey, this is not what I wanna do. I mean, I remember I wanted to learn how to play guitar and I started playing and I'm like, I am not good at this. Mm -hmm. And then I had to make the decision, do I wanna focus on the pain of learning this or not? And I decided, you know, I like listening to guitar <laughs> <laughs> and not playing guitar. So I, I pulled out of that game, but there's certainly gonna be elements in your health where you need to stay in and stay in that game and have those leaders and those accountability partners and all those areas. That's why the people equation is first in this mix here in this discussion of then going in there to go through that process. So uh, in kind of summarizing this whole thing is, is one, you have to realize that it is a process and not hold judgment to it and then go through the steps mm -hmm. through that and put the work in and you'll get the rewards. Is this where creating capacity and planning comes into place? Sure. Well, I mean, you, you, have, to, you have to understand that it is a process, mm -hmm. and then you have to plan for that process. And, you know, when you look at people, I, I love this term of, like, high-capacity people. Well, you know, high-capacity people have the same amount of time in a day. Mm -hmm. You know, they say if you want to get something done, right, quickly you ask a busy person yes right like someone who helps me with this production his name is Kellen and he does a great job because he's a busy guy but he can just get it done and so when you're around high capacity people because they've learned how to get their processes down they they plan properly so when you see per a person who who is a high capacity person and creates capacity in their life they have a team mm -hmm. they've developed that they know their why uh, and they're able to execute things at a rapid fire rate and produce a high result and create that capacity. Right, yeah. absolutely. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so this is a very popular question, and you just talked about time management and busy people yeah. <laughs> being able to get things done. Yeah. Do you think that it's really possible to have a work-life balance? Yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> it's so funny you say that because there's so much talk today about work-life balance, and so really, the, the millennials really like that. I mean, people are looking for jobs where I can have this work-life balance, and you hear that so much today. And, uh, and I wanna invite people to see of a different way of looking at this. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not what they're saying is wrong, um, but this different approach. So w when they're looking at it, they're not looking at work-life balance from a synergistic model. Uh, synergy is about how do you multiply things to get a greater mm -hmm. result. Mm -hmm. And so most people think like if I'm working, then my life is suffering. So if I add work, I subtract the quality of my personal life. And so they're looking at it in terms of addition and subtraction, which is not a synergy model. Synergy model is about multiplication. So instead of thinking in my, instead of thinking about work life and going, well, if the, if, I, if the office demands me of these things or my work demands me of these things, then I miss out on this, which is like fear of missing out, right? Uh, or not having this balance. Well, instead of looking at it that way, what if my work was part of my passion? What if my work was part of what I loved? What if work was a reflection and expression of my values mm -hmm. and my preferences and things that I did? So um, I don't know how many hours a day that I work. I'm sure it's well over 40, um, but it doesn't feel like work because it's what I love to do. And so I love my work and I love my time off of work. Mm -hmm. and, and I feel like the better and more effective that I am at work, the better and more effective I am at being a great parent, at being a great spouse, at being a great friend. So I believe that work-life balance is a myth and it's a misconception. It's really about how can I have a great work and a great life, go with them both very hard and very effective at a very high level, have a very high standard for them, and that if I can create a great work life, I can create a great personal life too. Mm -hmm. You know, and I believe when you, when you work hard and that you will get success in areas, even in financial areas, which can then afford me to have those great vacations, afford me to do the things that I wanna do with, with my family. So I don't think about this takes away from this. I say this multiplies this. Mm -hmm. And so I, I don't know if work-life balance would be the word that I would look at. I would look at work-life synergy would be the way mm -hmm. I would look at it. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, how would you how would you explain to someone how to simplify the process of time management and planning? Yeah. Because in order to achieve all of the above that you just mentioned, it does mm -hmm. require planning, as we Absolutely. discussed. Absolutely. And so, of course, you know, wise time management. Of course. So again, we talked about it that everybody's got the same time, right? Mm -hmm. And so, if you look back at the other chapters in this book or this or this series that we that we share on the video and on the podcast, they talk about Pareto's principle, which is the 80-20 rule. And so we talk about that, you know, 20% of your activities typically produce 80% of your results. Mm -hmm. And so when you're planning, you're really starting to go again, going back to the synergy success cycle. I mean, it's paramount and core to this whole process is, you know, what is it that I want? Where are my strengths lie? Where, 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 what am I good at? Uh, uh, and then using that time management to do the things that you're really good at that are aligned with what it is that you want 
and to get these things done. I mean, I always said, I don't, I don't cut the lawn, I cut the check, <laughs> you know, because I'd rather spend those four hours on a Saturday with my family creating a relationship that because I worked hard and did what I loved, it created enough margin to where I can then provide that to a person who does that for their work and give the, give the, give the lawn portion of it to someone who actually enjoys that and is passionate about that. I will take great right. care of my lawn so that I can have a great relationship with my kids. I, I, I laugh because I met another high capacity person that I learned something interesting even last night. He goes, I hate pumping gas. He goes, I just think it's such a waste of my time to sit there and pump <laughs> gas. And I never thought about that and I never really... Needs to move to New Jersey. So I'm telling you, he, he goes, I love it because with, with COVID, I'm not, I'm not pumping gas. But he had other people pump gas for him. Mm -hmm. uh, and I thought, well, that's silly, but for him, it works. He said, I have a better use of my time than I can do this with. So time management is really about prioritizing what's important for me, what am I best at doing, mm -hmm. right? And then leveraging those people to do that, right? Mm -hmm. And so that, that's, that's the key. Like I can come up with my workouts and I can research them and do all this, which would take a lot of time. Right. Mm -hmm. Or I hire the best personal trainer mm -hmm. that gives me the accountability puts me on a calendar so it schedules me because if it's not scheduled it's not real and that's a big part about right. planning mm -hmm. but then he also is going to shorten my time because he just is going to tell me what to do and he thought through the process and he's passionate about it and I can just go unconscious and just I trust him I trust my leaders and then just do what they've told me to do and then I get the results right right very yeah. smart I love it <laughs> Now, you talk about how starting an activity is really often the hardest part. It's harder than actually doing the activity. Yes. Like you mentioned working out. I think sure. that's the most popular example mm -hmm. of this. It's the hardest part is getting into the gym and getting a system going. That's right. And the workout is, is the easy part. That's right. I mean, so, you know, a lot of things, you know, you have like, you like, potential energy and kinetic energy, right? It's like an object in motion stays in motion if otherwise, and otherwise stopped. And the same thing occurs is that your life will stay stuck in this area until you put that energy towards that for it to make change. So moving that boulder, getting it moving first is the hardest part. It requires the most amount of energy. And so in my chiropractic practice, we combine and stack things. So we combine chiropractic, we combine physical therapy, home care exercises, in-office rehab exercises. Then we have advanced procedures like laser, uh, acoustical wave therapy, spinal decompression therapy, manual therapy. So you have all these things and I tell a patient, you know, they're like, well, should I start that at the beginning or can I add that later on? And I'm like, well, of course you can add that procedure later on. The problem you have is that if you can do it at the beginning, you're gonna get a lot more momentum mm -hmm. and move that flywheel, there's a flywheel concept they talk about and from good to great, it's another awesome business book you can apply towards your health. But if you can put that extra energy at the beginning of things, that is what's required to get that momentum, then it's much, much easier. So a lot of people tend to give up because they're, they're not either have the resources or they're not resourceful or they don't have that confidence level in that activity or they're not clear on their vision. Uh, and again, the Synergy Success Cycle can show you those gaps to know that that momentum is going to be there or that momentum is necessary to get there. Right. Yeah. 
Okay, so now we got over the hump of starting. Yes. We have some momentum going. Yes. How important is consistency? And why is that harder for today's generation? Yes, you know, it's amazing. I mean, think about it. With, with your cell phone, you can get such immediate results. I mean, the thing that fascinated me when I was going to school, I was in psychology, it was my first bachelor's degree, and they talked about these studies where they said, hey, kids, you can get like one Snickers bar if you, right now, or if you wait for three days, you can get five Snickers bars, <laughs> you know? It was like this like delayed gratification. That's my favorite chocolate bar. I'm I think I would you, wait. Mine too, out. mine too. <laughs> but, but most people will go for the here and now right. and the immediacy and so, because our tech, because technology has advanced so much, and we can get results at our fingertips. I mm -hmm. mean, you you can think about you can think about a concept can come into your mind. I want this product. Mm -hmm. You can literally at a stoplight go on Amazon, I'm guilty. buy it, and it can be <laughs> on your doorstep that day or right. the next day. It's an Insta world we live in. It is, mm -hmm. and 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 it's a wonderful thing. And God bless the logistical. Uh, enhancements that, that companies have made. But what's that's created is a brain that can't tolerate the long haul of things. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, our generations now are so used to things happening so quick that they're not willing to put the, the time, the energy, and the effort. Mm -hmm. And the brain isn't trained to be able to endure that. And so when you're making a shift in your health, if you've had a health challenge that you've maybe let go, maybe you didn't have a good healthcare team and you were on a sick care team and you didn't have a good standard, you didn't have people to support you and you had a lot of stress or different things happen in your life or trauma occurred, it's gonna take work and it's gonna take time and you're gonna have to go through that sigmoid curve or that learning curve that we talked about. So all that's really to get the mindset ready to know it's gonna be a process, but that process is gonna require consistency. And you know, the greatest, most successful people that I've seen in business and in life are not the ones that think about today and not even the ones that think about the next week. They think about the quarter they think about the year, they think about decades, they think about generational health, generational wealth, generational legacy. And so the only way you can do that is to be consistent, but you gotta tie into your purpose. Mm -hmm. You gotta have the people that support you. You gotta know what you're good at. You have to have those accountability partners and all those are the steps to create consistency and then to have long-standing results in your health and in your life. Excellent, that's a lot of uh, food for thought. Yes. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you.